sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. O Lord, open our lips and our mouth shall show forth thy praise. God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 4 Answer me when I call, God who vindicates me. You freed me from affliction. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. How long, exalted ones, will my honor be insulted? How long will you love what is worthless and pursue a lie? Know that the Lord has set apart the faithful for himself. The Lord will hear when I call to him. Be angry and do not sin. On your bed, reflect in your heart and be still. Offer sacrifices in righteousness and trust in the Lord. Many are asking, who can show us anything good? Let the light of your face shine on us, Lord. You've put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and new wine abound. I will both lie down and sleep in peace for you alone, Lord, and make me live in safety. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Jeremiah, chapter 26, verses 1 through 15. At the beginning of the reign of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah, this word came from the Lord. This is what the Lord says, Stand in the courtyard of the Lord's temple and speak all the words I have commanded you to speak to all Judah's cities and are coming to worship there. Do not hold back a word. Perhaps they will listen and turn each from his evil way of life, so that I might relent concerning the disaster that I plan to do to them because of the evil of their deeds. You are to say to them, this is what the Lord says, if you do not listen to me by living according to my instruction that I set before you and by listening to the words of my servants, the prophets, whom I have been sending to you time and time again, though you did not listen, I will make this temple like Shiloh, I'll make the city an example for cursing for all the nations of the earth. The priests, the prophets, and all the people heard Jeremiah speaking these words in the temple of the Lord. When he finished the address, the Lord had commanded him to deliver to all the people. Immediately the priests, the prophets, and all the people took hold of him, yelling, You must surely die. How dare you prophesy in the name of the Lord? This temple will become like Shiloh, and the city will become an uninhabited ruin. Then all the people crowded around Jeremiah at the Lord's temple. When the officials of Judah heard about these things, they went from the king's palace to the Lord's temple and sat at the entrance of the new gate of the Lord's temple. Then the priests and prophets said to the officials and all the people, This man deserves the death sentence because he has prophesied against this city, as you have heard with your own ears. And Jeremiah said to all the officials and all the people, The Lord sent me to prophesy all the words that you have heard against this temple and city. So now correct your ways and deeds and obey the Lord your God, so that he might relent concerning the disaster he had pronounced against you. As for me, here I am in your hands. Do to me what you think is good and right, but know for certain that if you put me to death, you will bring innocent blood on yourselves, on this city, 
and on its residents, for it is certain the Lord has sent me to speak all these things directly to you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. Therefore be imitators of God, as dearly loved children, and walk in love, as Christ also loved us and gave himself for us, a sacrificial and fragrant offering to God. But sexual immorality and any impurity or greed should not even be heard of among you, as is proper for saints. Obscene and foolish talking or crude joking are not suitable, but rather giving thanks. For know and recognize this. Every sexually immoral or impure or greedy person who is an idolater does not have an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty arguments, for God's wrath is coming on the disobedient because of these things. Therefore do not become their partners, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our Holy Gospel comes from Luke, the 11th chapter, beginning at the 14th verse. Now he was driving out a demon that was mute. When the demon came out, the man who had been mute spoke, and the crowds were amazed. But some of them said, He drives out demons by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. And others, as a test, were demanding of him a sign from heaven. Knowing their thoughts, he told them, Every kingdom divided against itself is headed for destruction, and a house divided against itself falls. If Satan also is divided against itself, how will his kingdom stand? For you say, I drive out demons by Beelzebul. And if I drive out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons drive them out? For this reason they will be your judges. If I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his estate, his possessions are secure. But when one stronger than he attacks and overpowers him, he takes from him all his weapons he trusted in and divides up his plunder. Anyone who is not with me is against me, and anyone who does not gather with me scatters. When an unclean spirit comes out of a person, it roams through the waterless places looking for rest and not finding rest. It then says, I'll go back to my house that I came from. Returning, it finds the house swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and settle down there. As a result, that person's last condition is worse than the first. As he was saying these things, a woman from the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the one who nursed you. He said, Rather, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, welcome to the preparation for the third Sunday in Lent. Uh, we, we've made it through two Sundays. Uh, we have a few more to go. Uh, but this Sunday is a Sunday all about God's distinctions. God's working that more often than not looks very different than what it is that we expect. Because what ends up happening is that we are a comfortable people. We are a people who get settled into routine. We are a people who uh, like what we like, right? 
And so we, we get used to a certain way of things happening, but we also get used to certain things just always being there. If you've spent any time in the church, you know what I mean, right? You know that usually one of the biggest issues that ever faces the church is anything that changes, anything that is different, anything that is not exactly the way that we want it to be. And so we, we, we hear that in, for instance, our Jeremiah reading, which, which I'm going to connect to you both Ephesians and, and Luke here. Uh, Jeremiah, he is prophesying that, hey, repent, turn yourself away from all these other gods, from all this other foolishness, from all this sin. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, as, as Joel says, as we heard for Ash Wednesday. Uh, and then he gives a dire warning, and the people don't like it. Because if you don't, I'm going to turn this temple into Shiloh. Speaking of the time uh, in 1 Samuel, we're actually going through 1 Samuel with our, our young adults, our limbo group on Monday nights. Uh, and, we, and we just got done with, with the whole time of what happened in Shiloh. Shiloh was the place where, where Joshua had set up the, the tabernacle. It was where the ark was, all these things. And then... Uh, Basically, you start to discover that through the times of the judges, and, and then when we get to 1 Samuel, uh, the religion for the Israelites had just become an accessory. It, it was almost as though, uh, uh, Jordan sort of helped me see this the other night, uh, that it, it was almost as though they were atheistic, uh, only in the sense of they had a God, and they maybe understood that there was a God, but they didn't really care. It, it was worse than agnosticism. And so they, they see in God, though, this power that they need in order to defeat their enemies. And so they lose in a battle against the Philistines, and they go to Shiloh, and they get the ark, and they bring Eli's two evil sons who were priests, who were, uh, they were evil, bad men. They, they disparaged the sacrifices. They were almost raping women, all these things, taking advantage of their position as the establishment, their position as the leaders. And they take the ark thinking, well, if we just have the ark, just like we had at Jericho, then we're going to win. And then they lose even worse. They, they, more men get killed. The ark gets captured. And as far as we can tell, Shiloh gets destroyed. Shiloh is never spoken of again, apart from it being a curse. That, that place that was to be the focus of Israelite worship was gone. And so here Jeremiah is saying, if, if you don't listen, if you don't hear the word of the Lord and understand that the Lord is calling to you to turn away from all these other gods that are not helping you and turn back to me, God is saying, I'm going to take away all these things that you've turned into God, uh, whether, whether it be these foreign gods or this temple, seeing the temple as some sort of special thing apart from God, some sort of holy thing apart from God. They, they assumed that because they had the temple and they had Jerusalem and they were the chosen people, nothing could ever happen to them, so they could do whatever they wanted. And Jeremiah sits there and says, no, that's not the case. It's the same thing that we hear from Paul in Ephesians, right? We get a little worried because he's talking about sexual immorality and he's talking about, about uh, greed and he's talking about not 
joking with people and not playing practical jokes, not being crude, all these other things. Basically, his point is being, though, don't get comfortable in your Christianity. Don't don't get to the point in which uh, Jesus just becomes that accessory. That for some reason you're able to point to and say, well, the cross was for me, now I'm going to go and do whatever I want to. When Paul writes in plenty of other places, you were bought at a price. You belong to Jesus now. You don't belong to yourself. Which is why then we die to ourselves every day and we live in Christ. We live for Christ. We live through Christ in our love for neighbor and our faith in God. All of these things. And so that, that the, the, uh, the, the issue becomes one of being a comfortable people. Of having our faith become familiar and ordinary, rather extraordinary, rather than extraordinary, rather than being something that's full of mystery, full of awe, full of wonder. And then here we have our passage in Luke 11. All this about casting out demons, right? And it it seems a little weird because when we think about demons, we're, we're thinking of something along the lines of, of some sort of horror movie, right? And yet here what Jesus is talking about and what Jesus is doing is show, showcasing his power of what he's already done and what he's already going to do. And so he tells them a parable about the strong man, right? And, and he says, when a strong man, fully armed, guards his estate, his possessions are secure. He, he's talking about Satan. And he's talking about his demons. He's talking about his power. He's talking about you. You're the estate. You're the one that has been occupied by sin, death, and the devil. Then he says, But when one stronger than he attacks and overpowers him, he takes from him all his weapons he trusted in and divides up his plunder. Talking about himself. Showing up and ripping away all the things that will bring you away from God. And dividing the plunder that is you by winning you in this battle against sin, death, and the devil. And he goes on to talk about the, the issue of, of the banishing of, of demons and how if it's just a temporary thing, it can become worse. It needs that final thing, that finger of, of the kingdom of God to show up. That instead of it just being a, a well, we're going to get rid of this demon, and then if some others are going to show up because there's no finality to it, what he says is that there's finality in him. That it's not a comfortable thing, it's not an ordinary thing. It's all connected to what it is that he is going to do and has been doing throughout his ministry, and then finally in the cross. And so church, the, the issue for us that we see here coming up in, in, in this Sunday, where we had first the temptations, and then this... this uh, this last Sunday, we had the issue of um, the, the faith of the Syrophoenician woman, the Canaanite woman, right? And, and needing to be receiving of the crumbs that fall from the master's table, that even one little bit of Jesus should be enough. Here then, we have, um, we have Jesus saying that now it's, it's going towards our comfort level. It's going towards the fact that there's something more happening, a mystery, a work of God that we need to turn to 
and to realize the work that God has done. He has bound Satan for you. He's destroyed the power of the devil. He's destroyed the power of death that causes you to fear everything. Our fear of death is what causes us to sin against one another. And he's rescued you from that, that he might be yours and you might be his. Allow yourself to rest in that truth, but also don't get complacent in it. Rejoice in it, because it's an ongoing thing that we need, because every day the devil is going to come back in our faces and remind us that we are going to die. And what we can say is that, yes, we're going to die, but you are bound. You have no power here. And the one that I serve is the one who can raise the dead. And in him I place my trust. Let us pray. We beseech the Almighty God, look upon the hearty desires of thy humble servants, and stretch forth the right hand of thy majesty to be our defense against all our enemies. Through thy Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with thee in the Holy Ghost, one God, world without end. Amen. Well, church, happy Lent. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. We'll see you next week.